Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this episode of the HR Chat Podcast, we're going to delve into what it means to have powerful conversations and build authentic business relationships. Our guest this time is international superstar speaker, Stuart Knight. Stuart has written, produced, and starred in shows that have been seen by over 1 million people, and each year speaks around the world, helping some of the planet's biggest companies reach new levels of success. You may have seen or heard him on many TV and radio shows, where he's often asked for his expert opinion on high-level communication. As an international traveler, Stuart Knight writes a sought-after blog, hosts a hit podcast. I always love chatting to other podcast hosts, although I get a bit nervous, and shares videos that are seen by over 12,000 people every week. As a critically acclaimed author of two books, Stuart Knight encourages people to boycott what they thought and join a new revolution in thinking. Please join me in welcoming Stuart Knight today. Hey, here he is, Stuart Knight. Wow, I feel like that's, that's that's what should happen at the end of an intro like that. I can, is, I'm just curious, Bill. I mean, is there any way that you might think about moonlighting on the side from your own job and just coming to all my corporate events and introducing me? Because that was one of the best introductions I've had in a long time. That I need that enthusiasm more often. Okay, so why don't we get straight into it then? Uh, firstly, can you can you explain the difference between what it means to have predictable conversations versus powerful conversations absolutely and you know i gotta think that it's important for your listeners to at least recognize that you know the difference between having a predictable conversation and a powerful conversation is easy for me to explain but i think that's important for them to also recognize why do you even care and I can tell you that as we go through the interview that I'm going to be having with Bill today, you need to recognize that if you have the ability to have powerful conversations as opposed to predictable conversations, you are now an individual that is setting yourself up for much greater success in the work that you do and outside of work, you're setting yourself up for much greater happiness in life because it's those human relationships that we have with other people that dictate everything that comes our way, whether it's negative things or whether it's the things that we really want from life. And so if you want to have just a regular life, if you want to have the kind of life that most people have, then you should stick to having predictable conversations. However, if you want to have the kind of life where you really are remembered as a manager, where you are an individual who truly impacts your community, if you're somebody who wants to have great opportunity in life and to be able to reach your goals that much faster, then you're going to want to move away from predictable conversations and start having powerful conversations. And the difference here is, there's not really just one specific line, but I'll say this. The big difference is that with predictable conversations, and for the most part, they are repetitive conversations. They're the kinds of conversations that throughout the day, you repeat with other people. So these are the kinds of conversations where you talk about the weather 10 times with 10 different people, or you talk about how crazy traffic is getting in the city 10 different times with 10 different people, or you talk about the same work-related challenges 10 different times with 10 different people. And... This is something that, yes, once in a while, it's okay to speak about these things. It doesn't mean I don't speak about the weather or I don't speak about uh, work-related issues. We all do that. However, true leaders in business recognize the importance of not doing that as often as everyone else and on a daily basis, aiming to take that conversation from predictable and into powerful. 
And a powerful conversation is a conversation that you have with somebody that they remember. It's a conversation that influences them. It's a conversation that makes them feel important and that they matter and that they can trust you. It's a conversation that makes them want to work hard for you, to share information with you quickly. It's a conversation that makes them want to, in your personal life, fall in love with you, stay in love with you, to be your friend, to want to be part of your network. It's a conversation that influences people to do all the things that we want them to do in order for us to be successful at the work that we do and to be happy in life. And that's a powerful conversation, not predictable. We'll be right back after this message from Espresso. The workplace is now more than just work. It's the place where people find community, and a sense of belonging to a bigger vision and mission. That's why Espresso built the first culture benefits platform designed to make heroes out of HR teams while connecting people and community. Espresso.com is total well-being, community, recognition, and culture benefits reimagined. Looking for more ways for your people to connect while positively impacting your bottom line? Visit Espresso.com. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-A.com. That was the what. Now let's get into let's get into the how. But what does it take to go beyond being friendly and instead of being genuinely fascinated by people one does business with on, on a daily basis? How, how can how can we make colleagues feel interesting, important, appreciated, and, and perhaps most importantly, heard? Right. You know, it goes above, like, and, and you hit the nail on the head. It goes above and beyond just being friendly. Friendly is something that we all do for the most part. I mean, let's face it. Most people are friendly and we're ask somebody how their day is going. We'll ask somebody, how was your weekend? Those kinds of nice, friendly questions. However, the difference between being friendly and being fascinated is the fascinated individual, the true leader in business that does that, is somebody who asks the questions that most people don't ask. It's the unpredictable question. It's the question that delves deeper. It's the one where you get the person really having to think about their answer and thus also give you an answer that is closer to who they truly are as opposed to who they are not. So if I ask you how your weekend is, you might say it was fine. But if I come back and I follow up that question, I say, oh, really, that's great. Well, what would you say was the best part of your weekend? All of a sudden now I'm pushing you to go further and cl or sorry, closer toward the part of your weekend that was, that was most exciting, the part that meant the most to you. And you might come back and say something like, well, actually, it was interesting. It was my father's 75th birthday. Well, now this means something to you, right? And now because I asked you that question, we can talk about that. I can ask you, oh, really? Well, how was that? And how did your father, you know, react to everybody being there? And what's one of your favorite things about your father if you think about the last 75 years of his life? I mean, now I'm getting into the meaty stuff about who you are. And that is my way of showing you that I'm fascinated by you as a person as opposed to being just friendly with you as a, uh, with, as a colleague. And that's that difference. If I show that fascination and I show that I care enough to ask you the kinds of questions that most people don't take the time to ask, I'm now giving you every psychological reason to feel important, to feel like you matter, and like you said, to most importantly feel like you're actually heard. Because this is an experience, and I want to really make sure that your listeners really understand this. This is an experience that 99% of the world's population does not experience on a daily basis. They don't feel like anyone's listening to them. They don't feel like anyone cares enough to ask them the questions that allow them to speak about the things that are meaningful to them. And it's for that reason that, yes, everyone around them is being friendly, 
but the person who's fascinated is going to stick out to that person in a way that no one else does because no one else is doing it. And that's that difference. You want to go above and beyond just asking the questions that make you seem like, yeah, you're a nice person. And the questions that make you go, wow, this person actually cares enough to go deeper into my weekend, for example, and ask me about the stuff that really matters. Now, in your session on May 28th at Innovate Work Toronto, number eight, I'm going to plug this all the way through here, Stuart. Forgive do me. it. Do uh, it. <laughs> it's going to be the best damn conference you've ever come to. I'm telling oh you, I'm putting all my cards on the table for this conference just for you guys. <laughs> so in, in your session, you're, you're, you're going to suggest that the two biggest factors that get in the way of people creating powerful human relationships are fear and our technology. What, what do you mean by this? And can you offer some examples? Well, you know, when it comes right down to it, when I was writing my book on this subject, I really looked at a lot of the factors that are stopping us from going out and asking those questions that allow us to connect on a more human level and a meaningful level and a level that makes people want to respond to us in a positive way. And there are quite a few factors. I don't want people to think that these are the only two, but definitely to me, these are the two biggest factors. So if you look at fear first, I mean, if you think about this, this and both of them happen when we're children. We learn to be uh, to be afraid of two things. The first is that we learn to be afraid of uh, talking to strangers. Okay, don't speak to strangers on the way to school. I want you to be safe, which of course is great advice for a child. However, if you fast forward into the year when we become an adult, we've carried this mentality into our adulthood so that now that we never speak to strangers. So we might be on a bus, we don't speak to the stranger who's two feet away from us. We're on an elevator. We don't speak to the stranger that happens to be somebody who works for the exact same company we do. Or we pass strangers in the hall who are other colleagues, or maybe they're a service provider or they're a vendor. And we don't speak to these individuals either because we've been ingrained to believe that we should be afraid of strangers. And that is the first thing that we need to just completely eliminate from our minds. Strangers aren't strange. They're amazing. And you will show ourselves how amazing they are if we just stop and actually speak to them. So that's one fear we need to eliminate. The second fear we need to eliminate, and it's the second thing we learn as when we are children, is that there are certain conversations we are not allowed to have. All right, so there you are, you're a little kid, and you ask your uncle some maybe personal question about his life, and your parents go, whoa, whoa, sorry, sorry, Tony, don't, you know what, don't listen to Stuart, okay, Stuart, you go outside and play, please, and they say these things to us because they, they, we just, you know, as kids, we don't have any filter. So we just ask anything that's crossing our mind. So these are the first moments in our lives. We start ingraining these, these belief systems that, oh, okay. I realize that in order to survive in life, in order to be accepted in life, I need to make sure I don't ask questions that go outside of an agreed upon number of questions that we as a society deem to be acceptable and, um, not encroaching upon, upon a person's personal space. However, true leaders understand that both of these are just complete fallacies. And for that reason, true leaders aren't afraid to speak to strangers. And in the process, they realize that they then attract new opportunities to their life. They develop the new skills to be able to have powerful conversations. And they really influence the culture within their organization because they're making those strangers feel like they're part of the team because they're stopping and actually speaking to them. Secondly, they're not afraid to go a little bit above and beyond the typical normal questions that we ask and get a little bit personal. And this doesn't mean you're asking someone's deepest, darkest secrets. You're not saying, hey, how much money do you have in the bank? That is not something I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that people as human beings want us to go just a little further than what we've gone in the past. And so you have to eliminate those things that you learned as a child, those fears that you were meant to have and understand it's okay. And as an example of that, 
Here's a perfect example. Uh, someone you might say um, something like, "Oh yeah, my my in a conversation, my kid's driving me crazy these days, and uh, you know he's getting in trouble at school all the time." Okay, that's something that we can all relate to as adults. There's nothing wrong with following up and saying, "Really? So how does that make you feel?" That one question. How does that make you feel? Most people are too afraid to ask that because they think it's too personal. But yet the person on the receiving end of that is going to feel so special and so important because you've taken the time to ask that question. And so that would be an easy example of what I would say is that something that, have, that people have done to themselves and that they've allowed themselves to be afraid of asking something like that because they think that's too personal and it's not. And because of it, they're living in a, in a, in a bubble where they have allowed themselves to uh, not experience life on, on, a, on, a, on a higher level simply because they've let this fear get in the way of their human connections. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and I'll say this quickly, technology is one that I don't have to go into too deeply because I think we all understand it. Uh, technology is allowing us to hide from each other at alarming rates. And instead of calling someone, instead of you know getting up from our desk and walking across the room and speaking to somebody, we email, we text, we instant message. We do whatever it takes to get make sure we speak to that person in a way that we don't have to have eye contact or we don't have to hear their voice. And so if you want, yes, as an HR manager or as somebody working in HR, you could send a quick email to somebody who happens to be uh, on the other side of the room because you have a very quick, quick question. But once in a while, you can recognize that you have a great opportunity to just get up from your desk, literally just walk over and ask the question. And while you do that, you might just see a picture on their desk that gives you an opportunity to ask them about that. Or you might um, just look out the window and say something about something that you're both looking at. And those kinds of opportunities give you a chance to connect with a person on a deeper level. And it's those uh, times that you choose to not use technology as your number way of communication, uh, number for, number one form of communication, it's those moments that can lead into anything that's powerful. It can lead into uh, a conversation that really allows you to connect. And those chances are never going to happen if you use technology as your only way of talking to people. So listeners, uh, before I reached out to Stuart, I, 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 uh, I watched a bunch of his presentations, of course, and uh, you're a really funny guy. I've, I've got to say, you're a very, very entertaining guy. And uh, in, in one of the presentations I, I was watching, you, you said something along the lines of, you know, it, it'd be good if uh, if parents said to to their kids when they when they became adults, it's okay now you can talk to strangers. I, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that made me crack up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like I said, there should be some sort of law that when, you know, people turn the age of 18 that adults are now obligated to say okay listen you know what strangers totally cool go out there talk to them but <laughs> no one tells us this <laughs> so communication is central to the hr function of course and and it's it's probably be going to become a lot more important as ai augments a whole bunch of other processes right uh, how can how can hr pros master the skills of turning short conversations interactions into meaningful exchanges by having what you call the the onion conversation yeah, the onion conversation is where I get people to think about the idea that every time you're speaking to someone, just imagine that they are an onion and it's your job to peel the layers of that onion and try to get to the core of who that person is. And if all you do is talk about the weather or construction or traffic or your job or the things that people are normally used to speaking about, you're only going to be pulling very very um, thin layers to that onion. But if you ask questions that are deeper, questions that are bigger, questions that really cause a person to think, 
What you're doing now is you're now deciding to pull very thick layers to that onion and you increase your chances significantly of getting to the core of who that person is and connecting with them in a way that matters to them. And I like that you said that in HR, this is obviously a skill that uh, people in HR fully admit and understand that it's important to have. And I'm always amazed at how many people in HR that I meet who don't actually have this skill. They, they recognize it. They've got as far, and then I'll give you credit in people in HR, you've gone further than most people in business. At least you've recognized that it's important to, be, to build these powerful human relationships. And yet I see people in HR doing a lot of the same things that other people do, which is not connecting on that level that they recognize is important. So if you want to peel the layers of that onion and you want to increase your chances of connecting, and I, and I want to be clear on this, the things that I teach, it's not a guarantee. It just increases your chances significantly of connecting. Um, what you need to do is you need to ask, when I talk about the onion conversation, I call it good questions on the answer. So if I say to you, how was your weekend? And you say, oh, it was busy. And I come back and say something like, oh, that's great. You know what? My, my weekend was busy too. I'm not asking you a good question on the answer. But if I come back and say, oh, yeah, well, out of all the things that were on your plate, what was the thing that kept you most busy? What I'm doing is I'm asking you a good question on the specific answer that you just gave me. And what I'm doing is instead of moving all around the onion, I'm just staying on one section of the onion. That just happens to be your weekend. And all you did was say something that everyone says, oh, it was, it was good, busy, something like that. Instead of me just leaving it there, I've decided to ask you now a good question on your specific answer. And, you, and I say, you know, out of all the things that were keeping you busy, what was the one that kept you most busy? You might come back and say anything. You could say, oh, well, actually, I was uh, competing in a fishing derby this weekend. And because of that, it took up most of my time. I didn't get around to cutting the lawn. Whoa. I didn't know Bill was a, a, a fisherman. I didn't know that he competes in derbies. Wow. Just by me asking you the thing that kept you most busy, I now learned something important about your life. And I can ask you now 100 questions just about that one topic. Instead of me coming back and saying, oh, I know. Yeah. Never enough time in the weekend. Is there, Bill? And all I've done is I've missed the chance to find out something interesting about you and for us to connect as humans. So I'm choosing to peel the layer of the onion by connecting on a deeper level, by asking good questions on the answer. And so in HR, every single day, whether it's interviewing somebody or whether it's talking to a fellow employee or whether it's being in a meeting, we're continuously having just really quick conversations with people that last only three or four minutes. But those three or four minutes can be meaningful if we focus on peeling the layers of that onion, asking good questions on the answer. I'm not a fan of fishing, though, Stuart. Just, just uh, a <laughs> side note here. Um, uh, a little insight into me, ladies and gentlemen. My father used to take me fishing when I was a little boy, and I was just rubbish at it. I was so bad. I said, your dad, dad, I've got, I've got my line caught in something again. And he said, yeah, it was in my leg. Or, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you've got it caught in my ear, son. And, and then, you know, the, the guy was trying to be all patient with me, but it just yeah, it wasn't a father-son activity that worked out for us. Right, right. Anyway. So, some, might call <laughs> yeah. that, uh, some might call that you not necessarily being a, a bad fisherman as, as as much as someone might say, you have to have a little patience, Bill. <laughs> I'll get you chatting to my dad about it sometime. Uh, okay, so yeah. um, you, you teach pros to use the why questioning, and you've spoken a wee bit about that so far already. Uh, you, you teach them to use that as a technique to understanding a person's true motivation and desired outcomes. Can you can you just in sixty seconds or less explain? what it is, why it works, and, and in the context of how it helps to build authentic relationships. I don't think we've really touched upon the, the need for authenticity so far. I mean, there, there might be people listening to this episode today and they're, they're thinking to themselves, this guy knows how to ask questions, the right questions and the right ways. How 
Can I take these lessons and make sure it leads into building authentic relationships? Well, this is what it comes down to, right? You never want to use the skills that I'm teaching and apply it almost like a mathematical formula to your conversations. You have to genuinely care about the individual you're speaking to, and you have to genuinely want to create that authentic connection. Um, when I talk about why questioning in my book and on stage, what I'm really trying to get people to understand is that every single person on planet Earth has a story. And not just one story, but many stories. And there are stories that they never get to tell. It could be something that happened to them when they were a child or something funny that happened to them on the weekend. And these stories never come out. And what I've learned in life is that human beings love telling their story. They love sharing those aspects of their lives. And so if you want to make somebody feel amazing, give them a chance to tell their story. And the best way to do it is to ask why. Why did you choose to go to that school? Why did you choose to get married in Mexico? Why did you choose to become an HR manager? Why do you love fishing so much? And it's that why questioning that allows a person to then tell the background of why they do the things they do, and that is their story. Nobody does anything without there being a reason. And I've found in life that when people talk to other individuals, their reasons never come onto the table. What I say is I say, you know, most people have conversations where what they're doing is they're just exchanging baseball cards. You give me your baseball card, I get your baseball card, I look at the back and I read your statistics. These are all your stats. See, what happens is that people get the what, they don't get the why. What do you do for a living? They get the, they get the where, where did you go to school? They get the when, when did you get married? But why? They don't get the why. And so what I tell people is, is to always look for the why. And a little trick is that when you ask that why, look to compliment the person first, then ask the other person doesn't feel like they're being interrogated. So a good example of that might be, you tell me what you do for a living. You could tell me you're a chartered accountant. Instead of me coming back and going, why? Which isn't going to come across very well. I might say, oh, well, man, you must be really smart. I know it's not easy to become a chartered accountant. Your grades in school must have been amazing. And I mean it, and it's a compliment. Then I follow up with, but do you mind me asking you, Bill, why did you choose to become a chartered accountant uh, as opposed to any other job? I'm now giving you a chance to tell your story. I don't know what it is, but I complimented you first. I let you know I like you. I think you're interesting. And then I move into the why question. And as soon as you start telling that story, you now start feeling interesting, intriguing, exciting, important, and that you matter. Beautiful. I'm just going to cross-pollinate this uh, this episode here and uh, and encourage our listeners to uh, check out an, a recent interview I did with uh, Stephen Shedletsky from Simon Sinek Inc. when he talks about start with why and that concept of uh, all around game theory. It's very interesting. Uh, that, that just stimulated that when we were chatting then. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, back back to our conversation. We're mm-hmm. we're coming towards the end of this particular interview today. Before we wrap things up, in sixty seconds or less, please summarize our chat today. Well, you know, I always tell people that every day you have the opportunity to make people feel awesome. And it's an opportunity that too many people are missing and then wondering why they're not getting ahead in business, wondering why they're not the greatest manager of all time, wondering why they don't have the happiest life. And it's human beings that influence everything. It's human beings who choose to work for us or to work for someone else, to buy from us or to buy from someone else, to share information with us or to to not give that information to us, to fall in love with us, to stay in love with us, to want to be our friend. And every single one of those people are making those choices based on the way that we make them feel awesome or not, based on how awesome we choose to make them feel. And if you make the decision in your life 
to start asking questions that the majority of the world's population doesn't ask, you will then be responsible for making people feel things that they almost never feel. And by doing that, you have become responsible for changing your own life. Okay, I think that was about 60 seconds. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so two more questions for you today. Um, uh, something else I'm just going to share with the audience. I was a barman for many, many years when I was at university and whatnot. And uh, and, and as part of part of that job, you have to have a few one-liners to entertain your your publicans. And um, you're a pretty you're a pretty entertaining, funny guy. You put humor throughout your sessions, Stuart. I'd love for you to share with our audience now uh, one of one of your favorite one-liner jokes. You know, for me, there's yeah. I, I always say, if you're not laughing, you're not learning. Uh, there's so many jokes in my presentations. W one of my um, uh, favorite ones is I talk about you know how we've become a species that is now all of a sudden more fascinated by dogs than we are people. And I say, you see two people walking down the street. One person walks up to the stranger. They don't speak to the person. They speak to the dog. And then I t say, you know, say, hey there, little guy. How you doing? What's your name? Oh, how old are you? They're talking to the dog, and then all of a sudden you see them look up to the person like, oh, hey, how you doing? <laughs> they, oh, yeah, right. I forgot about you, the human being. And to me, that's just hilarious. That, that, that's pretty true. Um, I wonder what the world would be like if we all walked around sniffing each other's bums, eh? Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's, that's part of my other act. That's, a, that's the evening. <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's for an HR-based uh, conversation. Uh, <laughs> I love we... it. That was the most, most un-HR thing you could have probably said. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should that one out. I don't know. Uh, okay, before, <laughs> before we do finish, though, for today, uh, how, can our, how can our listeners learn more about you? Are there any other talks that you're doing that you want to highlight? And how can they, how can they get a copy of one of your books? Uh, you, you, should have, you should have asked the, the Art of Powerful Conversation or The Madness of My Mind. Right. Well, for those of you who want to get into my world, the easiest thing is to go to stuartknight.com. You know, S-T-U-A-R-T-K-N-I-G-H-T, stuartknight.com. You'll be able to find the book there. You'll be able to find access to my podcast. You'll get access to my, uh, my weekly newsletter. If you want, actually, every one of you who signs up for my weekly newsletter will actually get a little sneak preview. You will get at, not even a sneak preview. You'll get a full second co uh, copy of my second book, uh, The Madness of My Mind, as a little gift for signing up. And you'll be getting my weekly motivational videos in the process. Um, it's an e-copy. I'm not going to mail it to you. Don't get crazy. I haven't got that much money. But um, definitely sign up and you will get that. But StuartKnight.com, that's the best place to find me. Wonderful. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Stuart Knight, thank you so much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. My absolute pleasure. I'm really looking forward to your conference. It sounds like it's going to be uh, a great learning experience for everybody. It's going to be wicked awesome. Um, and you should all come along. I, I don't care where you are in the world. Just turn up in Toronto at the end of May and join us on the 28th. Um, but for today, that just leaves me to say, listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.